join me driving to the end of the world, driving the Pan American Highway, discovering new cultures, learning languages, meeting people, and seeing the best that each country has to offer, and discovering and showing that America is a continent and not a country. to the Budget-Minded Traveler podcast, your source for the everyday inspiration and practical tips that make international travel accessible to everyone. Hey guys, welcome back to the Budget-Minded Traveler podcast. I'm Jackie Nurse, and I want to thank you for listening wherever you are tuning in from today. In the last episode, we talked about the highs and lows and realities of van life right here in North America. And today we're taking the road trip adventure south to catch up with a guy named Ford Quarterman, who has been slowly driving his Toyota 4Runner from the US all the way down through Central and South America. So we're going to hear about some of his greatest challenges and greatest rewards, and there may or may not be a sing-along somewhere as well. But first, I want to quickly remind you guys that there is an exclusive promo going on just for you, podcast listeners only, for my new online video course, The Budget-Minded Traveler Blueprint, which I created to be a shortcut for you, packed with the most important information and actionable steps in a natural planning progression that will help you travel the world sooner and smarter. I've been getting really great feedback on it so far, and I wanted to share something with you. One person has already reported that it saved her upcoming trip by teaching her something about passports that she didn't know. So I'm going to share that tidbit with you right now because I am definitely in the business of saving people's trips. If you don't already know the current expiration date of your passport, check it and make a note to renew it eight months ahead of the expiration date. Why? Because a lot of countries require that your passport be valid for six months after your entry into that country. And it takes four to eight weeks to renew unless you expedite it like she ended up having to do. Did you know that? So just make sure you know your expiration dates so that you can plan accordingly. The course is jam-packed full of tips like that that are meant to make you an informed smart traveler while saving money. So if that sounds like something you want to be, join us in there. It's self-paced so you can start whenever you want and you can go as fast as you want. And there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. So there's no risk involved. Check it out and see how it's helping people at thebudgetmindedtraveler.com slash blueprint. And this is your only reminder because this particular promo is only good through July. So if you were thinking about taking advantage of the 15% off and haven't yet, go do that now. You can find it at thebudgetmindedtraveler.com slash blueprint. And your promo code is BMT podcast fan. Be sure to put that in to get your discount. All right. Now it's time to get your Spanish ready and maybe grab a Corona for this one. Let's hit the road with Ford. All right. I'm joined now by Ford Quarterman. Uh, so Ford, welcome to the show. I'm happy to have you. How are you today? I am happy to be here, Jackie. How are you? I am good. It's, it's a little rainy where I am. And so I'm trying not to be bummed about that. Summer is just around the corner. But yeah, pretty good. Where are you right now? I am in a place called Bucaramanga, or as the common gringo would pronounce it, Bucaramanga, <laughs> Colombia. <laughs> and it oh, is, that accent. <laughs> it is in the department of San Santander, or Santander. Santander. 
It's kind of like a central East Colombia. Yeah, I was actually looking at spending some time in San Gil, which is in Santander as well. It's, uh, that's cool. That was maybe when we were going to cross paths, uh, but we didn't because suddenly I am in Colorado now. So. so close yet so far away. Yeah. So let's start with, uh, first of all, I, I want to share how I found you. I think I, I don't actually know who started following who first, but it was definitely Instagram and you are on a journey, an awesome journey right now. And that's why I wanted to get you on the show. So why don't you tell everybody what you're doing kind of in a nutshell and we'll go, we'll go from there. Okay. Well, in a nutshell, I've been traveling now for over four years. I renounced or resigned from my job uh, over four years ago, didn't burn any bridges, left on good terms. And I pretty much been traveling full-time since then. The current trip that I'm on now I am driving my Toyota 4Runner, my truck, down the Pan American Highway from the United States all the way to a place that is quite close to your heart, Patagonia. 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 Sorry, I said that in the gringo accent. Patagonia. Patagonia. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, that's my end destination. My my destination, my goal is to drive to the end of the world. I left on this trip in October of 2015, and besides three, there's a lot of stories already coming in, so I got to kind of give you the short version, (laughs) but um, besides three to four months that I've spent in Europe, I actually left my truck in Guatemala and went to Europe the past summer, and you know, a week here, a week there that I've gone to the United States, I have been since... October 2015, driving down the Pan American Highway. So I, and I actually did the math crossing from Panama to Colombia because I've, I've just been in Colombia now for, for a couple weeks. So I decided to be a good time to do the math. And I think uh, it should be about 27,000 kilometers that I've driven so far. So I guess maybe like 17 or 18,000 miles, something like that I've driven so far, all the way down from the United States, all the way down through Mexico, Central America, and now the South American journeys are just beginning. Yes, that is so cool. And there's something very um, noticeable, I would say, about your journey specifically, is that you're doing this very slowly, really, really slowly. You, How much time did you spend just in Mexico? So it's interesting when you drive internet, you know, when you're driving internationally, driving from country to country, it's, it's called overlanding and, uh, overlanding is pretty interesting because you know how you, when you're a tourist, you go to each country and they give you a tourist visa, which is the amount of time you can be in that country. Well, it's this, it's kind of the same thing with your car, your car, put it, you know, think of it as like a visa for your car, but it's called an in, uh, temporary import permit. And uh, it's usually tied to the length of your tourist visa, but not always. In Mexico, it is tied to the length of your tourist visa, which for Americans like us is 180 days. So I actually spent 179 of the 180 days that they gave me driving border to border. I entered in through Texas, Nuevo Laredo, and I exited into Belize, and I exited on the 179th day. Wow. That's good planning. Way to milk it for all that it's worth. 
Yeah, I mean, Mexico, I had to. As you know, Mexico is just the best. I mean, it's the best. Like, and it's, I, yeah, there's so much to explore and it's huge. So it does make sense that you would take your time. I love that. Because a lot of people, I mean, I think you can drive all the way down in like two or three months. Um, but obviously that's not what you're doing. You're doing it the slow way. Yeah, I'm going really slow. I'm going really slow. And I guess this will tie into your overall message or maybe what you want to ask me on the podcast is um, the slower you travel, the more affordable it is, the cheaper it is. So I go slow and I, and I really try to take the time to get to know each place because, you know, it's not a numbers game for me anymore. When I first started traveling as a numbers game, how much, how many places could I check off? Mm-hmm. And it's just, I mean, it's just a, not the, anyone knows who travels. This is just the worst way to travel. Like you never you kind of go everywhere without really having gone anywhere at all. Like you never really get to know places. You can't pretend that you're going to really get to know the culture and, and livelihood of a place by just skimming through it in a few days or a few weeks or whatever. So I go really slow. Yeah. I, 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 I do a lot of volunteer work as well. I go, I, I go slow and stay in places and try to give back to the community when I can, you know, it's not all the time, but when I can, and yeah, I guess I've been on it for about 16 months now. And so this definitely begs the question. I'm sure that there are listeners out there wondering this, how are you financially supporting this trip? Well, actually my father is a multimillionaire and I've never had to work a day in my life and I'm extremely spoiled. (laughs) Uh, I have no real concept of money whatsoever. Uh, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no, no. I, uh, I mean, that's probably yeah, the most common question that I get. And uh, really, it's really a combination of, of a few things. Let's see how I afford it. Well, so I'm 30 years old and I worked for a few years after I got out of college. And, you know, I had a couple of jobs, but my last job was pretty good. I was in kind of like digital marketing and sales, uh, to put it kind of broadly. And, um, I've always been a super cheap person, pretty stingy person. So I I saved all my money, Uh, even though I was making a decent amount of money back then, I didn't really live like it. And I saved all my money. I bought a house with my parents and, um, we just invested some money into it, fixed it up. And now we rent it out to college kids. Both of my parents are college professors. So they kind of function as the landlord, uh, and it's super convenient. I'm super blessed because they, they pretty much deposit money in my account every month that comes from my portion of equity in the, in the house that we bought. It's not much, but it's something. And with that and my savings that I still have, I'm still chipping away at, uh, and my lifestyle, I, I travel very cheaply. And I, I seem to travel in mostly countries where the dollar is very strong. It's a great time to travel. If you're from the United States, you get paid in U.S. dollars because it's very strong all over the world. People think that traveling is so expensive they, because they're the type of people that, you know, I guess live the normal nine to five life. And, and when they travel, it's synonymous with vacation. So, you know, they get two weeks off, maybe three, four weeks off of a year. And, and, and when they go somewhere, you know, they want to they want to spend some money and they want to be comfortable and want to stay in a hotel or resort and eat out every night and, and, and blah, blah, blah. But when you travel long term, you, 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 unless you're the son of a multimillionaire, like I was joking, 
you, you can't really do that, you know? So I travel really cheaply. I camp all the time. I'm driving my truck. I made sure I bought a truck that had just enough headspace in it to where I could, I could lay the seat down and sleep in my truck. And most people who do this trip, they take the back seat out and they put a sleeping platform in and shelves and they modify their car kind of to make a little house on wheels. Now, I didn't want to do that because once again, I found that I had just enough space in my car to lay the seat down and, and, and put a nice thermorest inflatable mattress and a fan in there and be you know decently comfortable. And that way I could still keep the back seat and pick other people up and share gas. I always joke around that I'm kind of like an international Uber <laughs> um, and, and it's a, it's a big part of my, my project. It's a big part of my, my trip right now. The trip is meant to be shared, um, with as many people as possible. So I try to convince my friends or family to come meet up with me on the road. And, and they do, you know, between them coming and them traveling with me, I always try to pick up other travelers on the road or even locals. I usually don't charge locals when I pick them up, you know, hitchhikers or, uh, old senores and senoras walking barefoot up gravel mountains. You know, what type of person would I be if I charged them? I usually try to give locals a ride, you know, little short rides to the town or whatever. But there's plenty of backpackers out there, and the, and the backpacking circuit is pretty well-defined. So if you're an outgoing person and you're not scared to meet people and not scared to talk to strangers, it is, it's not that hard to find people who are going from point A to point B. And they would much rather ride in a, in a car with air conditioning and you can play your own music. You can stop when you need to take a pee or when you want something to eat than public transportation. And, and, and this, is, this is a big way that I offset my costs. I pick people up and share gas as much as possible. I have been in Colombia now almost a month. I have not had an empty car yet. That's smart because it's very, it's, it, it's sustainable. And so that's, and it's kind of win-win like for everyone. So that's great. Yeah. It's super win-win for everyone because I get to meet people from all around the world and, and obviously save, save money on gas costs and, and get to hear other people's perspectives on life and travel and culture. And, and then, you know, the other people, I mean, they get to hang out with me. And, you know, what a <laughs> and that's <job>. pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's it's all about. I mean, traveling is all about the people that you meet. Those are the things that you really remember, the highlights, the experiences that you have with other travelers or locals on the road. I think those always stand out as highlights to me. On that note, what have been some of your biggest highlights on this trip? It's just people. You know what I mean? Coming into contact with people and sharing their stories and and growing from that, you know, growing and learning about myself and learning about other people. And, but if you wanted to ask me about highlights of like a place, places, there's awesome places in every country that I've gone to, but let's just say that I arrived to Colombia about a month ago with hopes that I could find something that would compete with Mexico because hmm. Mexico is just, I mean, it's amazing. Like you said, it's diverse. It's huge. It's uh, so much culture, so much history, the food, blah, blah, blah. The list goes on and on and on. And I've been to South America before. I've been to Brazil. I've been to Argentina. I've been to Bolivia. But I've only spent limited time, you know, three weeks to a month in each of those countries. 
and I've only, there's such big countries down here in South America that I, I can't say that I've fully traveled them and I fully know what those countries are like in order to compare them to Mexico. <laughs> but so far on this road trip, this Pan American road trip from the United States to Colombia, I would say, yeah, Mexico has just been a huge highlight. There's awesome places in Central America, awesome nature, great beaches, volcanoes. But the total package, Mexico has it for me. Yeah. They really do. I think that a lot of people don't even realize that because all they know is about a couple of the beaches, possibly. I think that that might really be all that people really pay attention to in Mexico. And it is so, so much more than that. Just in November, I was in San Luis Potosí. Did you go there? Yes. Did you go to La Huasteca? Yes, oh, I did. Oh, my goodness. That place blew my mind. I actually didn't know that Mexico had a tropical rainforest. But if you look at the map, it actually is below the Tropic of Cancer, which is really interesting. <laughs> um, or, you know, part of it is. But that rainforest just... I, I was like, where am I? Wait, where am I again? Because it was so cheap also. I don't know if I've been to a cheaper place this side of Asia, <laughs> you know, but San Luis Potosí, you could get dinner for like two bucks with the best tacos and homemade tortillas and beer on the street. You know, it was like so incredibly affordable and it kind of blew my mind just beauty wise. And that's just, I mean, that's that's one small corner of such a huge country that has highlands and desert and sea and all sorts of just everything. It really does have, it has everything. It's the whole package. So on the note of the, on the flip side of the highlights, what have been the lowlights of this trip for you? Because not everything is rainbows and butterflies. But see, that's the thing, Jackie. It is for me. <laughs> okay, I can point out two things for you. But just from following your Instagram that I want you to talk about. <laughs> One happened to your foot in Nicaragua on your birthday, wasn't it? <laughs> yes. Did did you really did you really love that? Was that rainbows and butterflies, Ford? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that is uh no, quite the opposite actually. <laughs> That what was that? Just nutshell. That that had to have been a low light for you. <laughs> that was that was definitely a low light for me. And the fact that it happened on my birthday and my and my thirtieth birthday at that, which is supposed to be a a big deal, a big celebration. Uh, it was definitely not a rainbow nor a butterfly. <laughs> it, was, it was a parasite in my foot. <laughs> yeah, that you really lovingly shared with everyone on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> the realities of travel. Exactly. I, you know, I, I kind of want to be, I mean, most of my photos are pretty polished and nice to look at, but I also want to give people the nitty gritty, like you said, you know, the low lights sometimes if they're appropriate, which this uh, was borderline appropriate because it's just probably the nastiest photo you've ever seen <laughs> of a parasite. It, it, it's, it was hookworm and I actually got it in Honduras. I, was camping with one of my buddies. We were caravanning through Honduras and we camped out on the secluded beach. It just got bit by a thousand bugs, a thousand, thousand bugs. And I was 
was scratching and scratching to where I opened the skin on my foot, you know, to scratch until it bled, you know, kind of like a, kind of like an idiot, but, mm-hmm. and then it was, it was the rainy season when we went, when that happened. So the next destination we went to, I kind of walked around for like a week, week and a half barefoot. And it was, uh, and it was uh, in Utila, Honduras, which is a pretty touristy island. And there's one strip that everyone walks up and down and there's dogs walking up. I mean, it's the, you know, and I walked up and down at barefoot all the time. And next thing I know, my foot was just really itching and I thought it was an athlete's foot. And, uh, I went to the doctor and they were like, yeah, that's a fungal, uh, that's fungus. Here's some cream and some pills. So I drove three hours out of the highlands of Nicaragua and went all the way to Leon, Nicaragua, which is a city and checked myself into the hospital. And, and the doctor there also told me that it was a fungal infection. They said, yeah, that's super infected. You need to stay the night. And, and, and at this point, I was like, you know what? I probably do need to stay the night I, because, it, you know, it looks really bad. So I spent the, my first day being 30 years old. I spent that night in the hospital for my first overnight hospitalized stay in my life. In your life? Uh. I spent in the hospital in my life the first day that I was 30 years old. And that night I took a picture of it and sent it to my uncle, who's a dermatologist in the United States. And I don't know why I didn't think to do this before, but he immediately responded and he said, that's parasitic. And they they finally diagnosed it correctly. I pretty much diagnosed it correctly with my uncle and they gave me the right pills and it killed it in two, three days. Oh gosh. It, It was, yeah, it was kind of a nightmare there for a while. I do want to ask you, well, I've heard that, um, solo males are the biggest targets for scams. Do you think that that's true? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's probably true. Number one, I mean, anyone who's alone is more vulnerable. Of course you're you, even if you're with two people, it makes it twice as hard to the thief or to the criminal. Uh, I also think it's probably true in the fact that women, you know, and this isn't a sexist comment, of course, it's all my feminists out there. Love y'all. This is just the truth. Women, as they travel alone, they don't need to be scammed most of the time. They can just be taken advantage of. And that's, you know, I mean, that's sad reality. But a man, if I'm walking down the street and there's a guy who wants to rob me, okay, he's going to size me up. Am I bigger than him? Am I, Mm. do I look stronger than him? Do I look crazier than him? And he's going to have to think of a more of a intelligent way or a, a scam to, to get me, maybe, you know what I mean? Maybe not. You know? I, I see what you're saying. I, I do understand what you're saying. As in females tend to be maybe more vulnerable to begin with than, than a male. And you just kind of, well, you know, I mean, if you're alone, so you said it, do you think single men are the most susceptible to scams? I would, I would say targeted. so. I, or, or, okay. More, yeah. more, the most targeted. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that. And I don't think it's not dangerous to travel if you're a female girl. You just have to use a little bit of common sense. You know what I mean? And or a lot. Yeah. Don't leave that behind. That's your number one defense. Common sense. Of course. You know, I mean, everyone needs to use common sense. I, I think probably single men, yeah, are, are more targeted for scams because a single woman may or may not be targeted for a scam. She might just be, you know, have her purse snatched out of her hand mm-hmm. by, by a dude and run off with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or cut or whatever. Yeah, I think. Maybe to, if, if we could give some tips around this, you know, it's, it's crazy how often this happens in crowded places. Uh, maybe not even just crowded, but in broad daylight in a place where 
um, you wouldn't expect like a, like a public place. Um, that's kind of where these things happen. Uh, and so I would just say, don't just don't let your guard down. You know, they, these guys know what they're doing. And so they're usually calculated and it's hard to, it's hard to pick up on it, but common sense is going to be just your best defense. Just don't, don't trust too easily. I think. Well, absolutely. You know, and, and just to touch on another scam, you know, for instance, my, and I was traveling in Argentina, actually, I was in Mendoza, Argentina with my ex-girlfriend and with my brother, but me and my ex-girlfriend went to go buy like some fruit and we left my brother in a little restaurant in the bus stop by himself. So he was a solo man and he was targeted with a scam. And it was basically this little restaurant in, in, in the bus stop, but all the walls were glass. They were all see-through. And this guy, well, my brother was sitting down by himself and he said he saw these two guys come in through the door and sit down behind him. And he just made eye contact with one of them. And he said he just immediately got a bad feeling mm-hmm. from, from how the guys looked. And anyways, it wasn't 15 seconds later that someone knocked on the glass through, you know, on the other side of the wall. Yeah. And, uh, my brother was like, yo, what, what up? Like what? And he knocked on the glass and the guy pointed to his wrist, like to ask my brother for the time. Cause my brother, mm-hmm. wears, my brother always wears a wristwatch. Meanwhile, these guys are making off with his bag. Well, you know, my brother tried to tried to tell him and he acted like he didn't hear through the glass and so then my brother held up his wristwatch up to the glass and the guy just kind of stared at it. My brother said he just kind of stared at his watch stupidly for like 10 seconds. And my brother just kind of got it closer and closer to his face. And then all of a sudden, like a light bulb went off and he was like, oh, and, he, and my brother turned around and one of those dudes was walking away with his bag. So, yeah. And, but I mean, we caught him. So, I mean, we caught oh, him in good. that. I mean, that was actually at that very moment I came right back into the restaurant and we all, we all caught him. but yeah, that's lucky. Cause that, it, unfortunately that's like a typical tourist trap for, for scams. Somebody drops something and you lean over to help them or whatever, you know, I mean, it's hard to discern when this is happening. You, know, you want to give people the benefit of the doubt, but always be a little wary if someone is, is very helpful to you or something is happening immediately. Like something, mm-hmm. I think trust your gut too. Cause even, I mean, some people are just so genuine and so nice and helpful and they just want to like take you home and cook for you. And that's so real. These things happen. I think we can trust ourselves to know, you know, if you're paying attention, just go with your gut. Like if he said those guys looked weird coming in, he, his, his flag should have been up right then. His radar should have been, you know, like anything. I mean, you can slip, um, your leg between the, uh, what the straps of your backpack just while you're sitting there. I mean, who cares, you know, better safe than sorry. If you have, uh, if you're the one responsible for watching people's bags while everybody goes to the bathroom or whatever, just loop them all through, you know, and just don't put your, put your head down. Like don't talk to anyone. Just, you have one job to do, protect the bags or whatever it is, you know, just do that for the few minutes that you, that you have it. And I think we can often, we can often tell just by trusting our gut. So, and if we miss it, we miss it, you know, but. Well, absolutely. You know, and once again, these scams, they don't happen that, I mean, it's not like you travel and you're going to get scammed. The scams happen all the time. We're talking about things. I mean, 
I've been traveling for four years and there's only been, I can count on one hand how many scams that I've been a part of. Actually, maybe three scams, you know what I mean? And it's one that's less than one a year. Okay, yeah. Always, yes, have your guard up, especially when you're alone. And just be wary of someone who's, when you're alone, approaches you and asks you for something or is immediately like overly helpful to you. Once again, most people are good people. Most people actually want to help you. But if you're alone and someone is trying to be overly helpful to you, like, hey, uh, you got there's something like a stain on your shirt, you know, like, what's that stain? Like, you know, something to distract you. Yeah. Distractions. That's what it is. Flag, Instant red flag. So Um, I will add to that, that in the 14 years that I've been traveling, I have never one time, knock on wood dealt with this any any of these i've had friends and i've been with people that it's happened to but it's never happened to me um so yeah it's it is few and far between but you know it doesn't hurt to throw out these tips while we're on the subject because um it's still a reality um whether you know you could you could go a few years without doing it or without having it happen to you at all um but it could happen on your first month of travel so you know it's just a thing it's just part of it but you know it's absolutely uh, and and i mean it all comes full circle around as well i mean as many cases as there are scams there's more there's just as many if not many more of people going out of their way to help you oh way more when they could scam you when i was in rio de janeiro brazil i went to the atm and my card got caught in the atm and I finally got my ATM or my, my card out of the ATM and I was just like, whoo, like breathe a sigh of relief. And I turned around and I walked out of, of the bank and I, I had left my passport on the keyboard of the ATM. So much for common sense. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And you know, you're, we're talking and you said you've been going for 14 years and you've never had anything happen to you. Well, sounds like you're, you, you're a little smarter than me, maybe. Well, it's one of those things that I just really try. I mean, it could still happen to me, but I really, really, really keep my wits about me when I'm on my own. And I learned tricks really early to keep my bags close. And, you know, and I still do those things all the time. I think we talked about that in what it's, I'm going to say episode 64, maybe. So. There is an episode about it. I'll, I'll link to it in the show notes about safety. But anyway, go ahead. No, that's, I have to say your track record's pretty impressive. But uh, yeah, this was a super bonehead move on my part. I left my passport with like $100 in it. And anyways, I realized 15 minutes later and I ran, sprinted back to the bank and it was gone. And it was gone and I mm. became hysterical. You know, I was in Brazil. The Brazilian visa is really hard to get if you're from the United oh, States. Yeah. And, uh, and it was the very beginning of the trip. And I was like, I just screwed the whole trip for all of us, you know, and I got really depressed and just really angry at myself and, uh, started drinking, (laughs) but come eight, 8 PM, 9 PM, I, I I turned on my phone. I turned off my phone. It was like, I'm ready. Like I was like, had given up all, I was like, turn off my phone. I'm going to drink myself into oblivion, be alone. But I turned my phone back on and ate and a Facebook message floated in. Oh, Hey, yeah, I have your passport. Where can I bring it to you? Long story short, this old lady walked into the ATM right after me 
and uh, found my passport. And um, she didn't have Facebook or anything, so she contacted her younger friend and gave it to him. He contacted me, and he drove all the way from the other side of Rio de Janeiro all the way to my hostel and hand-delivered me my passport with the money still in it. Oh, there you go. That's the type of stuff that happens more often than you getting scammed. So I just want oh, yeah. to say. Yeah, no, that's a good, a really great thing to point out. That stuff happens all the time. It really does. So um, I, I'm glad that you said that. <laughs> that's a good ending to that, that little section there. <laughs> let's, just end, let's just end on a positive note. Yeah, exactly. Since we kind of got into, um, you know, the, the, the harsh realities of it, let's talk about the real quick, just some of the more positive things you keep saying your project or, you know, what you're doing on this trip. What is that? Like, how would you define what your mission is on this trip where you're just kind of meandering slowly your way all the way down South? So my blog is called, uh, where's the gringo? Where's the gringo.com is the name of it. And that's what I am like on Instagram. Where's the green, not where is, but where's the gringo on social media as well. I haven't given up on my, I, I don't update my blog as much anymore. I, I kind of just stick to like Instagram and posting little photos and, and stories and stuff there. But the basic premise is the same. The basic idea is, is the same. I, I wanted to start this kind of like, okay, where's the gringo? Join me, a, a gringo or an American, someone from the United States, on his trip, driving to the end of the world, driving the Pan-American Highway, discovering new cultures, learning languages, um, meeting people, and, and seeing the best that each country has to offer, and discovering and showing that America is a continent and not a country. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> exactly. And, and to change stereotypes, like I already mentioned on the, on the episode, to change stereotypes that people from the United States have towards Latinos and people, and people from Latinos have of, of people from the United States. Um, just to show people that, look, you don't have to spend, you don't have to go to Europe to travel. Like first off, we're the United States, uh, you know, we're a bad country at traveling over half of the people, I guess I've heard the statistic many times. I assume it's true that m the majority of, of Americans and in, in the United people in the United States don't even have a passport. Yeah. A, a large majority, very big majority. And the re it only went up recently because they started requiring it for Canada and Mexico. Otherwise it used to be 3%. Three? Yeah. Yep. Are you and no, seriously, like, so whenever they started, um, requiring passports for Canada and Mexico, it went up to like 20 something. I think we're, I, 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 I'm afraid to quote myself on this. I'll, I, we can put the real, uh, stats on the show notes page too, but it's, and then the, the percentage of people who own the passport, but actually use it is even more pathetic, really. Right. It's a shame. Is what, mm -hmm. and what it is. Oh, yeah. And, and it's embarrassing. <laughs> it's super embarrassing. So, of course, I want to inspire people to travel. Um, I want to inspire more people to travel. But in my particular case, I want to inspire more people to travel to Latin America. So my little slogan is, where's the gringo? Exploring America south of the border. So, see, uh, 
<laughs> I want to encourage them to travel to this part of the world. It's so cheap. It's so close. It's so diverse. It's so rich in culture and so much fun. The life is so vibrant down here. You know, you have ancient civilizations, ruins, uh, salsa music, people dancing in the streets. Uh, this, this, the sense of family and community is so much more tight knit here. People help each other. Neighbors know each other by name. The longest mountain range in the world. There's the strongest, most powerful waterfall in the world. There's volcanoes. There's some of the most beautiful beaches in the world. There's Mayan ruins and temples. There's, I mean, you can just go on and on and on and on. There's everything. And you do not have to pay $800, $1,000 round trip to go to Paris to see something that, that everyone has seen. Mm-hmm. You, can get, you can get a round trip ticket to Bogota, Colombia, the country where I am right now. You can get a round trip ticket from Atlanta, Georgia. If you look far enough in advance and, and, and go at the right time, you can get a round trip ticket for $300. You can fly and you can have an amazing, amazing trip to Colombia for $300 round trip. I mean, you can barely fly to California for that. You know what I mean? And you can't from Montana. Yeah, well, from like, Montana, Montana, you can't fly anywhere. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> but I do like to point that out, though, because not everybody lives in a big major hub. Um, you know, I mean, it's, 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 it is expensive to travel around the U.S. It is often less expensive to travel to Latin America. My point, my point is, and my, and my mission is, is to show people in the United States that this is a very accessible, a very affordable, and a, and a, and a very beautiful and culturally rich part of the world that is at your fingertips, and you're not taking advantage of it. And then I like to, and I'm not trying to like pat myself on the back, but I, I like the the look on people's faces when I walk up to them and I speak Spanish to them, you're like, Hey, you know, yeah, I'm from the United States, but guess what? I love Spanish and I love your country and I love your country enough to learn Spanish and speak with you. And you know what? Um, if you didn't think Americans can be like that, well, guess what? They can. How long have you spoken Spanish? Like I said, I, uh, I moved to Costa Rica to teach English and to learn Spanish in September of 2013. Okay. So, so I would say from that point, it took me probably like eight months, six to eight months to become conversation, not conversational, like at a decent level. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, the people have so many different definitions of learning, Spanish, learning languages. And I would say maybe a year to a, a year and a half to actually be able to tell people, yes, I speak Spanish. Okay. And, then, and then two years, two years plus to be like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm fluent. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And so you feel good about it now. I, I like that you do both of your, uh, or that you do your Instagram captions in both. You'll do English and then you'll translate it. It's like, you're just practicing. Like you're just putting it out there. I totally, I totally forgot. You, you reminded me that's, that's a big part of my project and what I wanted to do with where's the green goes well is, is to teach Spanish. Mm-hmm. Um, not just, learn it myself, but help, you know, teach it to other people, people who follow me and kind of provide like a hands-on experiential, you know, way of learning Spanish, like travel with me and come learn Mm -hmm. Spanish with me and discover 
America's a continent, not a, not a country. Come learn Spanish with me. And that is something that I do regret and and not having the fortitude. And I guess, I don't know, work ethic. I don't know what you want to call it. The desires to continue with my blog is because there's only so much you can do through Instagram. So yeah, through Instagram, I I do in English and in Spanish. Uh, Also because I have a decent amount of Spanish-speaking followers these days, but yeah, because you're making all the friends as you go. <laughs> exactly, yeah. um, but I mostly do that so people can kind of compare side by side and kind of see how you know I, how things are translated from one language to the other. You and I definitely share that love for Spanish. It's it, I I maybe besides soccer, Spanish was my first love <laughs> in my life. Um, it's the one thing that I've really stuck to, you know, and. Um, since I was like 12 when I started learning it and, uh, I've, yeah. And I've taught it. I love teaching it. Um, I definitely have a deep love for that language. And I mean, I moved when I was in, I was in Costa Rica 10 years before you, 2003, I was there, um, when I was 18 learning Spanish and, um, that's, that's where I really became fluent, but I've carried that with me. And so I, I love that that's part of your mission. I really believe that more, um, you know, people from the United States should, should take language more seriously. And I know that there are a lot of listeners of this podcast who would love to learn Spanish in particular. And so, yeah, just encourage, (laughs) do it, go do it, go to Latin America and do it because it's, it opens up a whole new world. Uh, there's a there's an old Czech proverb that I love that says, "You live a new life for every language you speak. If you speak only one, you live only once." And I love that because it really does open up a whole new world, like a whole new life. I mean, an entire culture of an entire nation of people in the world that you can talk to when you speak their language, and you realize they're just people, just like us. It just changes everything. You're so right, Jackie. And um, first off, that's cool to you at such a young age, you, you know, identified that passion and started working towards it. Also, I think it's cool. You played soccer. So did I. (laughs) Oh, I still do. (laughs) I I still, I still try. I I may or may not have lost a pickup soccer game to a bunch of village boys. half my (laughs) age every day. It's the beauty, the beauty of it. That's great. (laughs) Oh, uh, there's one more thing on the Spanish note that I wanted to point out. I love the name of your car. uh, (laughs) (laughs) It's so go ahead. Tell us, tell us what it's called and where you got it. And then maybe I'll make you sing. (laughs) Really? I don't know about that. Yeah. I don't, that's that, that cost, but so the name of my, of my Toyota 4Runner is Cielito Lindo, which I think people don't realize that they've heard this before because everybody knows the tune of this song. They just don't know the words, which is hilarious to me. Exactly. Which Cielito Lindo is a, is an extremely popular Mexican mariachi song. It's the one that goes do 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 ay 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 canta no llores. Porque cantando se alegran cielito lindo los corazones. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's <really> nice. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't planning on doing that, but it just kind of came out. It's just, yeah, it's a really infectious song. It's and it's a really popular song in Mexico, and it's kind of 
turned into a battle cry, like at soccer games and really any political event. Really, it's it's super. It's a tune of Mexico. It's a super patriotic chant and tune that they have. It's very popular. And cielito lindo. Okay, so cielo means sky. It means sky or heaven. And lindo means nice. So if you wanted to translate it literally, cielito is kind of just like a cute way of saying sky. It means nice sky. So the color of my car is sky blue. And with it being that color and with (laughs) Mexico being such a big part of my life and being so inspirational to me and being where I originally had the idea to drive down the Pan American Highway and hearing that song just like every day in Mexico, I <laughs> kind of just woke up one day and said, Cielito Lindo. And I just named it Cielito Lindo. Yeah, so that's the name of my car. I love it. <laughs> well, um, I, I honestly, there's so many things that I think we could really have interesting conversations about, but we've already been going for so long. So I'm going to wrap this up. But thank you so much for uh, joining me here on the show and sharing all of your stories. And so why don't you, we'll end with, uh, where are you headed next? And like, when do you see this trip ending or are you going to drive back or how, how do you think it's going to go? Well, I, up until recently, up until like two months ago, I didn't really have an end date and I was just kind of floating and I was just like, you know what? I could just spend the next few years doing this. Decade. You know, <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe when I get to Patagonia and reach the end of the world, maybe I'll just turn around and drive into Brazil and then disappear for a few years and learn Portuguese. But now I actually have an end date. I, and I have an opportunity to go work with one of my best friends, uh, next year. And, um, that's a, another story for another time as to why I'm actually doing it because I don't, the, the word work has kind of been removed from my vocabulary, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and I'll actually be doing that in Mexico next year. I'll mm-hmm. be applied to Carmen, but the, all that goes to say that I now will be ending this trip by the end of January, the beginning of February, 2018. So I still, I got about, what is it? Nine and a half, ten months left to finish my trip to finish the Pan American Highway, which ends in Ushuaia, Argentina. Mm. Uh, at which point, I will try to sell my car. Cielito lindo. Tengo que despedirme de ti, mi amor. qué triste. Qué triste. But I can't. I, I just don't have the time nor the mental capacity to, to turn around when I get to the end of the world and drive back. <laughs> gotcha. This trip is meant to be shared on my Instagram. Um, the little description, it says I'm, dri- I'm driving the Pan American Highway from the United States to Argentina. Want to ride? <laughs> so, my, you know, that it, I don't just want to influence people to travel more and to travel to Latin America and to change stereotypes between Latinos and, uh, and Americans and teach Spanish through the internet. I want to do it in real life too. I do have extra seats in the car and I wouldn't be just using you for, for, for gas money. <laughs> <laughs> so anyone out there who's listening, who maybe is interested in traveling to a certain country in South America, uh, in the next year or a little less than a year, 
hit me up. Check out my Instagram, wheresthegringo.com, or my blog, wheresthegringo.com. It's okay. We got it. (laughs) We got it, bro. (laughs) I'm also going to put that on the show notes page. So at where's the gringo. Yeah. Yeah. Shameless promotion, but also an an invitation to anyone out there who wants to see firsthand, you know, what it's like to overland and travel. So yeah, the point is to share this trip and to expose people uh, firsthand to the beauty that is Latin America and these beautiful countries down here. So well, um, I might take you up on that because I'll be in Argentina this November. So if you're around there, you know, we'll have to keep in touch about that. I've got my trip that I'm leading down there. So, Well, uh, Argentina is definitely, definitely coming up on the horizon. So we'll have to see. And from what I understand, we both have birthdays in November. So we why do. not? Yes. Birthday celebration in Bariloche in the Lake District. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. All right, cool. Um, Ford, thanks again. I I have a feeling that this is only the beginning of uh of uh of this friendship. So thanks so much for coming on and um yeah, it was nice to meet you finally after you know seeing you on Instagram for so long. You guys follow him on Instagram, it's really it is entertaining. Not just parasites, it's 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 better than that. <laughs> <laughs> the parasite. Yeah. I promise. I promise I don't I won't be posting more pictures of parasites no in, until like the next one. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> All right, cool. Thanks no, but, uh, so much. Thank you, Jackie. I appreciate the invitation to come on your show. I've been listening to your your podcast for a couple of years now. Aww. So, uh it's cool, cool to I, I believe the first episode I t- tuned into was the one about Workaway. Um nice. which wow. I think which I saw a Facebook memory the other day, which is like three years ago that I shared it. And it was like episode number six. It was number five. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That was right at the beginning. That was three years ago. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. Before all the fame, before all the groupies and <laughs> parties and everything up, you know, you I've were been a fan there. <laughs> nice. Well, you know what? My journey, just like yours is meant to be shared. So I'm glad that we crossed paths. So am I Jackie. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks again to Ford for sharing your story with us. If you guys want to follow him, you can find him everywhere at Where's the Gringo. And I'll have those links and anything else that we mentioned today on the show notes page at thebudgetmindedtraveler.com slash 81. And remember to use promo code BMT Podcast Fan before the end of July 2017 to get 15% off your enrollment to the Budget Minded Traveler Blueprint online course. Find it at thebudgetmindedtraveler.com slash blueprint. I hope to see you guys in there. And I also hope to see you right back here again soon. Thanks.